Like I have tons of people who are signing up for this course who say like, my sister-in-law told me about this. My best friend told me about this. My cousin told me about this. And I think they're getting those results because I did it live and my students got great results. Like nobody's gonna recommend some ebook they downloaded and didn't read. This is the What Works Podcast, and I'm your host, Tara McMullen. If you want to build a business that can stand the test of time, you need to figure out what works for you and your small company. That's why every week I talk with real small business owners about what's really working for them. I want to help you fill in all the details of how others do what they do so you can fill in the details that work for you. My guest this week is the writer behind the popular blog, Yes and Yes, Sarah Von Bargan. Sarah is also a teacher and coach who helps people spend their time, money, and energy on things that light them up. If she's not talking about money and happiness, she's eating cheese, on a road trip, or going to a supper club with her husband. After I caught up with Sarah at the Philadelphia Bloggers Conference this spring, I noticed her share some really interesting statistics on her Instagram stories. Those statistics? The striking difference in results between students who took her Bank Boost course on their own and those who took it during her first live version. Now, I'll let Sarah share the details during the interview, but needless to say, I knew I needed to share her experience and perspective with What Works listeners. Sarah and I chat about her decision to turn an evergreen product into a live version, the opposite of what many people do, how she adjusted the program to make it work live, the business results she saw during her initial trial, and her plan to incorporate more live classes into her business model. Now, let's find out what works for Sarah Von Bargan. Sarah Von Bargan, welcome to What Works. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh my goodness, thank you for having me. So I want to give everyone a little bit of context. Uh, the origin mm -hmm. story of this particular conversation is that I saw on your Instagram stories some very interesting mm -hmm. statistics about the difference in results between an evergreen pro a version of one of your programs and a live version of mm -hmm. one of your our programs. Can you recap those statistics for us? Absolutely. Um, so as your listeners probably know, um, evergreen courses... Um, only 10% of people traditionally complete evergreen co evergreen courses. Um, and I had a completion rate of 30%, which is obviously way better than normal, but still incredibly low. Like it, when you think about other things that we buy and we pay for, like, can you imagine buying a blender that only worked 30% of the time? Like, obviously not. That's insane. Um, so I decided to take one of my eBooks that is obviously totally passive. Like you just buy it, read it and implement it. I decided to take one of my eBooks and turn it into a live course. And I knew um, from gathering feedback from people who had read the book that people were traditionally, um, it, it's an eBook about uh, putting yourself on a really tight budget while simultaneously um, doing a bunch of extra work to bring in extra money. And I knew that when people read the book and implemented my suggestions on their own time without accountability or support, they were bringing in about two to 300 extra dollars in like a four or five week period. Um, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to try running this live and see what happens. And it was completely insane because people started bringing in 4,000, 5,000, multiple people brought in 7,000 extra dollars. Um, one woman negotiated a 12,000 euro raise. And this is, and this is just from like, I send them weekly emails. We have a Facebook group. Um, there are three live Q and A's. And one of the things I do that is terrifying, but incredibly effective is every Monday, I ask people a question like, okay, so what's your fun budget for this week? Or what's one step you're going to take to bring in extra money? And I tell them, if you comment 
below, I'm going to tag you on Sunday and everyone in this group is going to see whether you did it or not and whether you're responding or not. So it's super scary, but incredibly effective. And so if I'm doing my math correctly, <laughs> um, I think that's a 2,300% increase in the results that people got just from running this course live. Well, that is incredible. And yeah, <laughs> as I said to you on Instagram, it's not super surprising to me. Mm -hmm. I have seen, you know, similar things, not only in my own business, um, but in other people's businesses as well. Uh, but the fact that you had such solid statistics on mm -hmm. it and, and could literally say, all right, this is the difference between yeah. people who get results from yeah. my ebook and people mm -hmm. who get results from a live course yeah. um, was really remarkable. And so before we dive into the business reasons behind this, I want to talk about pricing. I want to talk mm -hmm. about marketing. I want to talk about the curriculum development. Mm -hmm. um, I want to know about your research process for that. How did you get those statistics? What was your follow-up process like for actually finding out the kinds of results that people were getting from this program? Sure. Well, and I would say one thing, I'm lucky and, and maybe your listeners have businesses in which they're helping people do things that are incredibly tangible, you know, mm -hmm. like you take this course and you increase your Instagram following by X percent, or you increase, you know, your bottom line or your number of customers. And because this specific course is about bringing more money, adding more money to your bank account, there's a very tangible end product. I have other courses about like helping you develop and break habits. And I wouldn't necessarily be able to give give my my followers the same sorts of statistics because like whether you make or break a habit you know like what's what's the number with that um but so with my ebook um i could see you know obviously i can go into the dashboard of teachable the platform that i use and i can see how many people have purchased this book i have all their emails so i just emailed them and i said like hey you know i'm updating this ebook i'm thinking about making it into a course i would love your feedback on what worked what didn't what sort of results you got and i created um a, just a google i think it's a google form you know where it's just questions and they filled it and they fill it out um and then at the bottom i asked them are you okay if i use this information in a testimonial if i run it by you first and so that's how i was able to to gather the initial statistics about the sort of results they got and of course you know if you email 300 people maybe like 15 of them are going to take the time to fill out the form but even if it's just 15 and you can see like okay the averages that people are you know bringing in an extra 300 mm -hmm. from using these methods it's enough to like get you started. Um, and then I basically just replicated that with when I ran it live and I got better feedback with the live group because they had been interacting with me on an almost daily basis for six weeks. So they were much more willing to, to fill out the form. And because the results they got were so insane, they were very happy to, you know, I have tons of them who want to be affiliates. Um, I have probably like 20% of them are going through the course again because they got such good results. So it was just a matter of creating a Google form and asking them to fill it out and, you know, kind of reminding them a little bit, like I sent it in an email and then I posted it in the Facebook group and then the final email, it sort of wrapped up the course, you know, PS, if you didn't fill this out, I would so appreciate if you did. Um, but yeah, and I, and I just really sort of worked backwards and thought about, I, I made for sure to ask them like, okay, what was your end result? Why did you buy this? You know, if you've taken other personal finance, if you've, done other personal finance things before. How was this different? Um, what doubts did you have to overcome in order to buy this? 
um, that kind of stuff. So I could really, not only could I get the really hard numbers, like, you know, I brought in an extra $4,100, but I also got really good information that I could, could include in the testimonials. Because if Kimberly is thinking, is this just going to be the same stuff I've already heard before? You know, is this just going to be about coupon codes? How is this going to be different than like what Susie Orman talks about? And I can include that in her testimonial and people can see that Kimberly overcame those doubts and brought in 4,100 extra dollars. That's incredibly convincing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've read these testimonials and I'm like, I should take this program. This sounds <laughs> it sounds amazing. It is, it is insanely effective. <laughs> awesome. Well, so you, I mean, you, t you said you got really phenomenal feedback from that live run. How did the sort of qualitative feedback differ from the, your initial survey of the people who'd gone through the ebook versus people that had gone through the live course? Were people equally excited about having read the ebook and implemented the system, even if they didn't get as great of financial results? No. <laughs> and I think, I mean, they were very sweet about it. You know, they were like, oh, this yeah. is really helpful. But, you know, I was getting like two, three paragraph answers when I asked the live people. And I think that's also just because of the relationship that we've developed. Like, you know, I'm doing live Q and A's, they can see my face, they ask me questions in real time. And then I say to them like, oh, Kimberly, I totally understand where you're coming from. And like, I've had the same problem. And so when you have that sort of relationship with somebody, they're gonna be so much more effusive and so much more open about what they've overcome. And I think also because I've worked really hard to um, develop an incredibly supportive and non-judgmental community. And I even have in our private Facebook group, um, I have like a welcome video and like the number one rule is like, this is a judgment-free space. And like, if somebody tells you that they have $20,000 worth of credit card debt, you don't need to be mean about it. And so I think yeah. because I've worked really hard to create that environment, they also feel like they can be honest with me about their doubts, what they overcame, what they were struggling with, that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Okay. And I, I, maybe I, I wouldn't kind of... <laughs> just put a pause there and say like some of the things we're talking about may seem obvious. Like, of course you got better results and got more effusive feedback from a live version versus an evergreen version. But at the same time, I think this conversation is really necessary because there are so many people out there advising digital product creators to work toward that set it and forget it business model. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're not thinking critically yeah. enough about what that means for the people who are buying from us. So that leads me into the next question, which is, you know, you've got a product suite of evergreen set it and forget it mm -hmm. kinds of products. Um, why go the opposite direction and start trying to run things live? What, what was going, what was your thought process there? Well, I mean, honestly, well, part, so part of what I teach about is about the intersection of um, money and happiness and making for sure that your values aligned with your spending and that the things you're buying really do make you happy and really do add to your life. So that is like core of who I am, core of what I teach. And if I can look at the dashboard and see that, you know, 70% of people who buy my course aren't completing it, to me, I have just encourage them to purchase something that's not adding to their lives. Like I know it would add to their lives if they took it and if they understood it, but clearly it's not working. So I think for me, part of it is just like a really values based thing. Like it doesn't feel good to me to take, you know, hundreds of dollars from someone and then they don't, you know, use the thing that I sold them. And, you know, like I believe in the work that I do. I believe in my course. And I know that if they did the course, it would be life changing. 
But if I can make a few tweaks on my end and help them get to the place that they want to go, why wouldn't I? And, and also, I think the thing is, the way I launch is pretty low key. And my involvement in these live courses is honestly, like, it's incredibly effective, but it's not like I'm spending 10 hours a week in my Facebook group for these courses. I'm spending like 10, 20 minutes a day max. I have an assistant who's in there who also answers questions. And I do, you know, between like three and four one hour live Q and A's. So, I mean, it's kind of no skin off my back if I'm running these courses live, but it has a much bigger impact on my students. And also from a business perspective, if you help someone get amazing results, they're going to be a million times more likely to buy your other products and tell their friends about you. Like I have tons of people who are signing up for this course who say like, my sister-in-law told me about this. My best friend told me about this. My cousin told me about this. And I think they're getting those results because I did it live and my students got great results. Like nobody's going to recommend some ebook they downloaded and didn't read. <laughs> Amen to that. There's a tweetable for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> if, yes. if that still exists, that's a tweetable. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So I want to talk, I, I want to keep going on that particular subject, the amount of time that this is actually taking you, but I want to look at it from sort of a features perspective. Mm -hmm. How did you decide what you were going to add to your existing uh, sort of process, your existing, uh, I know it's an ebook, but I'm, I'm still mm -hmm. thinking of it more as a program because it, mm -hmm. it seems like it, it is a program. It's a process that people need to go through and implement kind of step-by-step step or mm -hmm. layer by layer. Mm -hmm. So what, you mentioned Q&A, you mentioned some accountability things. How did you decide what you were going to add and how or, and whether or not that was going to be worth it to you from an energy and effort standpoint? Um, well, I, and I feel like I should, this is a like total transparency. I was a classroom teacher for eight years. So I feel like I, I kind of, the deck is stacked a little bit in my favor with this stuff because I understand maybe more about like the learning process and like, you know, curriculum than the average bear. Um, but honestly, I sort of just thought like, what works for me? When, when do I, what sort of accountability works for me? And also what can I do that is going to be helpful, but not like consume my life? Like there's three Q, there's three live Q and A's. It's a six week program. I could theoretically do six live Q and A's, but I don't think that's necessary for, for the content. And I don't, want to. <laughs> um, so I, what I have found to be really helpful is I have weekly emails and those are all obviously pre-written, pre-scheduled. I don't, the, the email, the weekly emails that went out the first time I ran it live are the same ones that go out now. So that's not any extra work that I need to put in. Um, I have the weekly, like sort of, I ask them a question on Monday and then I tag them on Sunday to see if they did it. That takes you know, maybe five minutes. And if I wanted my assistant to do it, she could. Um, and then the live Q and A's. And then, you know, again, because this community that I've worked really hard to create is incredibly supportive. If somebody posts something in the Facebook group asking a question, nine times out of 10, I don't even need to be the one to weigh in and answer it because everybody's so excited to like share their insights and their advice. So a lot of it is you know, me liking stuff or asking them questions or sharing some insight that I have. And also because I've run it live before, I kind of know like these are going to be the common questions or like this is an insight that I can share that people are going to find really helpful. So I sort of reverse engineered the accountability stuff to think about what can I do that's going to be really helpful, but also is not going to consume my life. 
That makes a ton of sense. Okay, let's talk about price now. The mm-hmm. price for the program is $35. Yes. Is that the same as for the ebook? Um, the ebook is $17. And actually what I do, because I don't, I think it's kind of not great to sell somebody, like if you bought the ebook, you know, two weeks ago, and then all of a sudden you find out there's a course that's basically based on the ebook that is $35 and you want to get into the course. So I actually send people who have purchased the book um, a coupon so that they can get the course minus $17. Um, yeah. So I try, and I also alums can get into the course for $10 um, and tons of them have taken me up on that. But, but so the pricing is basically, so number one, I'm sure all of everybody who's listening know who's knows who Susie Orman is. She's like the preeminent personal finance guru of the world. And if you Google Susie Orman, I, she has uh, an online course. It's self-paced. You're not involved with her. But I want to say it's like $40. Um, and, and Dave Ramsey, who is, again, another like preeminent personal finance person. He, I mean, his live, um, his live conferences are pretty expensive. But I want to say that he has an online course that is also around like the $40 price point. So number one, those people have been doing this for 20 years. They're on TV. They're pricing stuff at that point. I felt like, okay, that's appropriate. I feel really confident in my stuff, but like, I cannot professionally compete against those people. That's a good price point. And also again, coming from a values place, um, I know there are personal finance, money manifesting, et cetera, courses out there that cost $1,500. And honestly, if somebody is struggling, if somebody needs a course about adding more money to their bank account, they probably don't have any business buying a $1,500 course about manifesting money. Like I would imagine that the mindset that got them into the debt is pretty similar to the mindset that makes them think that buying a $1,500 course on manifesting money, is probably the same issue. (laughs) Um, So I just wanted to make something that was truly incredibly affordable that because if you have issues with money, you can't afford a $1,500 course. And I've also, I used to be an ESL teacher at a nonprofit. Like I have been in the place where $35 was like, you know, an amount that I really had to think about. So yeah. So that was sort of, it was a combination of like values, looking at experts in my field and also like thinking about who would, who actually needs this um, and what they could afford. And I also wanted the price point to be like a total no brainer. Like, Oh God, obviously, like if this is, if people are getting these sorts of results and it's $35, Oh my God, of course I'm going to do this. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. Where does that price point fall then in the rest of your products? Because you do have a bunch of products. Yes. Yeah. So it is, so I have eBooks that are, uh, I want to say they're Um, and then this course is $35. Um, I have a habits course that's 97. And then my big product, um, is put your money where your happy is. And that is $200. Gotcha. Okay. So pretty Mm -hmm. accessible across the board then. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, how does your, can you give us a a sort of an overall uh, overview then of your, of your business model? Is the majority of your money coming from digital products or are you earning revenue in other ways? What does that look like? Well, I would say about half of my income comes from digital products. I also, um, I have affiliate links on my site. I have contracts. I have big corporate contracts, um, where I do consulting. Um, I have, Oh gosh, I have so many. Um, I very occasionally ghostwrite. Like I'm right now, I'm ghostwriting um, a book for a, a business owner, 
and what else? Gosh, there's just, oh, and I very occasionally do um, sponsored content where I partner with big brands and, you know, we'll do a, oh, this, you know, like I, I recently went on a sponsored road trip um, with a company who, in, Livability, who encourages people to move to and travel to small to mid-sized towns. So they sponsored a road trip and I did a bunch of um, Instagram stories content for them. So the the online courses are about half of my income. And and this is maybe like hashtag unpopular opinion, but I think even if, like, even if I doubled or tripled my income from the courses, I think that I would still keep doing those other income streams because like affiliate links, mm-hmm. that's totally passive. Um, and my corporate clients are companies that I legitimately believe in and, and enjoy working with. Um, and I think also like for me, I like having, I emotionally and psychologically, I like knowing that like if the bottom drops out of the e-course market, like I'm fine. And it's also like good for my brain and creativity and thinking about different things. So for me, having that many sort of disparate income streams works really well. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. And and you really are uh, an OG blogger, right? Like- oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like ten, <laughs> I just, I just finished, um, I just passed the 10 year mark, which is insane. Yes. Yeah. I'm coming up on my official 10 year anniversary in a few, a few months. And yeah, to to think how far, like I would not call myself a blogger anymore. I have so much love and, and nostalgia for the days when I could just spend the day blogging. Not that it's just at all, No, no, but but I think, yeah, for people to kind of understand and wrap their heads around your business model and how you generate income and and all of that, you spend an incredible amount of time just creating content, mm-hmm. right? Yes, yeah. Although now, um, so I do, I create probably 80% of my content um, in one or two days. I book myself into an Airbnb. I do not connect to the internet and I just write and write and write. So even though it looks like, oh my gosh, how does she create all this content? Really? I created most of it on a farm in Wisconsin like a month and a half ago. (laughs) Um, So it looks incredibly productive, but um, I'm sort of, I guess, I'm I'm an incredibly fast writer um, and I'm pretty focused. So it's, it's easy for me to go and just bang out a bunch of content and then just schedule it and it frees up the rest of my time to you know, work on other stuff and work with clients, you know, make Instagram stories, all that kind of stuff. Gotcha. And I don't think that makes you not productive. I think that makes you insanely productive. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. But I get a lot of questions like, how do you do it all? And I'm like, uh, I literally haven't done anything today. Like I walk to the cafe, you know, but it lo- it looks like I'm just, you know, like Churn working nine out. hours a day, but I'm, I'm totally not. Yeah. I love that nine hours a day is like your benchmark for a long day. Oh my gosh. I truly, I probably, um, I've reached the point uh, where I only sort of ask myself to do true work for probably like maybe three hours a day. Nice. The rest of it is, yeah, the rest of it is like, I'll respond to some emails or, you know, and sometimes, and I don't know if your listeners can, you know, sympathize with this. There are certain activities that I really should outsource, but I find them very soothing. And um, like, I, I totally love like making images for my blog and like pinning things to Pinterest. And I should theoretically outsource that to my assistant, but I really like doing it. It's very calming. Um, so yeah, so I'll definitely spend like 20 to 40 minutes a day doing things that I should theoretically outsource, but I legitimately enjoy doing. I believe our listeners can very much relate to that as can this host. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I always, I always put that kind of stuff under the category of, well, if I'm learning how to do this better so that then I can have a system that then I can outsource oh, some, someone to like, I'm working on video right now. So I'm editing all my video and I'm like, I know I could get someone else to do this, but then I wouldn't be able to post it today. Yeah. And I like doing it anyway. Yes. It's fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> awesome. So while we're still on this topic of content, just for a minute, um, I'd love to talk about how you have marketed uh, the live versions of this. You said you're kind of a low key launcher. Mm -hmm. What does that look like to you? What are some of the things like what's your schedule and just give us walk us through what a launch of Bank Boost looks like? Um, well, so I think probably because of the price point, and it's such an easy yes. Um, like I do not do any webinars, like to do a webinar for a $35 product, I am not doing that. Um, so I would say I know when I'm gonna launch and then probably in the two to three weeks leading up to it, I will write blog posts that sort of like touch on the topic of finances. And then I'll make for sure to include at the top, like, hey, Bankboost is opening again, like get on the waiting list. Um, I will, you know, share an Instagram stories like, hey, Bank Boost is opening. There's only 250 spots. Get on the waiting list. Um, uh, every Sunday, I have an incredibly popular link roundup. So I'll make for sure to mention it there. So that's pretty much the pre-work. Um, and then, oh, and I also, the other thing that is, is a very um, big part of my marketing, but is pretty low key is I have um, a really active private Facebook group called More Money, More Happy that has like 3,800 people in it. And so those people are already like, they already know me. They already love the stuff that I write about money and happiness. And so, you know, if I post in the Facebook group, like, hey, just so you guys know, Bank Boost is going to open in two weeks, they're already sort of like my prime. They're, they're ready. They, they want to buy it. Um, I also have, I have a bunch of freebies. I have a bunch of opt-ins just like anybody does. Um, and one of my opt-ins is related to money. So I have all those people tagged in ConvertKit. So I know, you know, it's already predetermined, like these are the people who care about money. So I can make for sure to like target them with, if I'm going to do Facebook ads, I can target them. I can make for sure that I send them, you know, maybe a few more emails than I'm sending the regular list. Um, and then when it comes to actually the course opening, I send an email to everybody on the wait list saying like, hey, it's open. Um, I change out my footers and my pop-ups to promote it. I change out my Facebook header to promote it. I tell my Facebook group about it. Um, and then honestly, I just share a lot of testimonials. And I also share, and I, I mean, to me, this is really convincing. I don't know if it's convincing to other people, but like there will be people in my Facebook group where they will ask the group at large, like, I'm thinking about joining Bank Boost, but, you know, I don't have a side hustle. Like I have a day job and I'm and I don't want to do a side hustle. Is it right for me? And then I don't join in, but various people who have taken Bank Boost will reply to them and say like, oh my gosh, of course it is. Like, yeah, you should totally do it. And then if I screenshot that and share that on Instagram stories, to me, that's incredibly convincing because it's a it's a candid conversation that I did not elicit, that I'm not involved in. And I have a bunch of, of things like that, you know, or like screenshots of messages that people send me on Instagram stories saying like, this literally changed my life. And to me, that kind of stuff is very convincing. Of course, I have like the pretty testimonials that are in like the correct font with somebody's headshot. But I also have lots of screenshots of honest, you know, conversations where like they somebody used a run on sentence and like they spelled something wrong. But to me, that's almost more convincing than the, like the pretty testimonial. I totally, totally agree. And I love seeing that stuff pop up in your stories. It's just like, this is so real and mm -hmm. you're promoting this thing, but it's not, you're not, 
I'm thinking a lot about self-promotion right now and how it fits into things. And to me, when you're sharing those kinds of things, you're not self-promoting. You're just promoting value. You're Mm -hmm. promoting transformation. You're promoting people's results. Mm -hmm. And that's incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and it makes me feel so good. Like to hear from somebody like they bought a $35 product and it, and now they've started like it's changed their relationship with their partner and they talk to their kids about money like that makes me so happy and so proud. Yeah, that's absolutely incredible. Okay. So, um, you mentioned to me in an email that you are thinking about or planning to roll out live versions of some of your other products. Mm -hmm. Um, do you care to share what some of the specifics of that might be? Sure. Well, so right now my plan is that if you have purchased either make it stick habit school or put your money where you're happy is you will have access to the live course at no extra cost. Um, because you already paid for it. I'm not going to charge more for the live version. And when you bought it, you bought it with the understanding that like you would have lifetime access. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think my plan is I will email. So when I, when I run make it stick habit school live, I will email everyone who's ever purchased a course from me saying like, Hey, I'm going to run this live. If you would like to take part, you know, here's 15% off or something. Um, And then I will do, again, a pretty low-key launch. I'm not sure if I'll necessarily run a webinar because they're a hassle and they're hard to put together. Um, And it's a $97 product. Like, let's be real. (laughs) Um, So I think I will run that live. Um, And I imagine that running it live will, again, have amazing results and will, again, you know, elicit tons of testimonials. So my sort of thought is, I'm going to do low key, relatively low key launches of the live versions of both of my courses, which will then elicit amazing results. So then I will use those results to more effectively market future live versions. And I think my plan is I will run um, the two big courses. I'll run them live at least once, potentially twice a year. Um, But Bank Boost is going like gangbusters. People love it. And because it's live and because it's so accessible, it, it tons of people join it. And I want to, you know, sort of cap the, I don't want a Facebook group full of like 4,000 people. I think that would be overwhelming to everybody. Um, so I think bank boost, I will run maybe three or four times a year to sort of keep the numbers manageable within the Facebook group. Awesome. I love it. Um, and yeah, I just, I want to say again, that the name of the program is bank boost. Mm -hmm. I think that we failed to say that earlier on. And so I now I want to get it in. So everyone knows that they should go check it out because it just sounds so incredible. I mean, the results (laughs) speak for themselves, truly. Yeah. Yeah. I have absolutely loved kind of following along and seeing what people have done and, and just following the launch in general is it's been really fascinating to me. So I'm so appreciative of this conversation and you just sharing the behind the scenes on your thinking and strategy and and really how you're making this live version of Bank Boost work. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Find out more about Sarah Von Bargan at yesandyes.org and find her Bank Boost program at school.yesandyes.org. What Works is brought to you by Co-Commercial. Every question you have about your small business is a lesson someone else had to learn the hard way. What if you could learn directly from the people who have already figured it out so you could skip the trial and error, the hours of research, and the heartache they went through to get answers? At Co-Commercial, that's exactly what you can do. 
We give you access to a support network of hundreds of small business owners who generously share their experiences, expertise, and hard lessons learned. We give you a one-stop shop for all your small business questions, whether you need to know about hiring a new team member, launching a new product, managing your time, or perfecting your messaging. CoCommercial helps our members save loads of time, fill in the gaps in their education, and start lifelong business relationships. Don't wait another day to become a member. Here's what happens when you apply for membership. First, you tell us what goal you're working towards and where you're struggling. Next, a member of our team personally reviews your application and any questions you have about membership. Then you receive an email with personalized recommendations for how to start your membership and ideas for making your first post so you can get support as quickly as possible. Once you're in, our team continues to support you whenever you need help. Most of our members get more than the value of the membership fee in just 45 minutes per week. Ready to join? Go to cocommercial.co and apply for membership. There's no risk to you. Applying is free. And once you join, if you're not impressed with the quality of support and depth of conversation at CoCommercial in the first 30 days, we'll refund your membership fee. To apply for membership, go to cocommercial.co. That's cocommercial.co. That's it for this week's episode of What Works. If you love getting a behind-the-scenes look at how real small business owners are making it work, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening. We also appreciate you leaving a review and sharing the podcast with your friends or colleagues. What Works is produced by Rosie Medias and edited by Marty Seafelt. Kristen Runvik prepares our show notes. Our opening music is by The Shrugs, and our ad music is by Marley Carroll. Tune in next week for another look at how small businesses actually work.